This episode is brought to you by our friends at Milwaukee Tools. Outdoor power equipment gives you the power to clear, cut, and maintain the outdoors without the petrol headaches. No pull starts, no engine maintenance, no mixing petrol and oil. Book a test drive now at milwaukeetools.com.au. Milwaukee, nothing but heavy duty. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Rick's. Rick's is an Australian lifestyle brand founded with a mission to transform the eyewear industry by creating carefully crafted eyewear that inspires confidence. Everybody should be able to enjoy a touch of luxury and the confidence it brings. See the world differently today. Head online now at rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Righto, let's get into the show. Oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Howie, welcome to the podcast, great man. Thanks for having me, mate. Mate, we'll start with Christmas. Uh, <laughs> it's a great time of the year. We love it when Santa rocks up and just gives us presents. You're a dad now, yep. so you'd be going all out, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, the presents kind of start getting shifted towards the kid, little, little Xander. So, um, yeah, that's probably comes at the sacrifice of the missus present. But, um, <laughs> yeah, good time of year. Um, spend it with the friends and family, which I'm looking forward to. This will be out a few days before Christmas. Is there a little hint for the missus on what you want for Christmas? <laughs> well, <laughs> she's tuning uh, in. Is there anything that you want your family to get? Lar- there's a large wish list. Um, yeah, look, there's probably a few things I could drop on the way through just to push the buttons, <laughs> but I'll uh, we'll see how we go. So, speak to me. Um, what are you doing for? What are you doing for Christmas? What do you? What does the house do around this time of year? Yeah, look. Um, yeah, we've got a pretty tight family back home in Tassie, so we'll. Um, I'll get Xander and Carly to get on the plane and go down there for a week. Um, bit of a dicey point. I haven't. Her, she, her whole family's WA, so um, we've been together for ten years, and I'm yet to spend Christmas over there. So. <laughs> Added pressure certainly coming through, but um, I think that might have to be a 2023, 20, 24 gig. It's a long flight, mate. And I tell you what, the prices of like the, the flights cost a, you know, through the roof. Shitload, mate. Even just to get back to Tassie, it costs us like 1800 bucks. Oh, so when Tassie's you're, you're, up there as well. Generally, the Uber ride to the to the airport's more expensive than the flights. So <laughs> it's, um, they've jacked them up, trying to make the cash back as quick as possible. I they're guess. unbelievable. I saw something the other day how they're trying to just. You know, just watch. I think I don't know what you call them. The people on the, um, that monitor the flights for the yeah. government are saying just the watchdogs or whatever they're called. Just saying, take it easy on everyone. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a nightmare. But um, yeah, I think the easy option. I was like, I'll probably have to pay double that if we're going to go to WA. Well, so whereabouts is she from in WA? So she went to school in I think it was a place called Willerton. So she played basketball. Um, I think she was on like a basketball scholarship. So she went there. Yeah. Uh, but her family's scattered out a little bit all over the joint. Um, she had a relative in, um, her sister was living in uh, Margaret River. Yeah. I think she's now up in Calbarry. Family's kind of scattered all throughout Perth a little bit. Um, her dad's down towards like Bustledon Way. Um, so they're all over the Jumps shop. South a bit. Yeah. So it's like when we go back, it's nice to kind of catch up with everyone um, and do the rounds, but it's a bit more... Bit more full on, bit more spread out than. How did you meet, if I may ask? (laughs) Just because if you're from Tassie and she's from WA, so I moved over here in 2010. She moved over in 2008. Uh, She came over for more like a bit of basketball, but she's in the event space, so more opportunity here in Melbourne. It was either Victoria or Sydney. So she came over here, um, established herself, played a bit of basketball. Um, Jack Grimes used to play at Melbourne. Became best friends with his wife. now ex-wife. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of the relationship. And that's how I ended up kind of sneaking in a little bit there. Um, and then got to know her in that space. And then, yeah, started hanging out for a bit. And that was back in oh, 
Yeah, it's like nearly 10 and a half years ago. Yeah, we're going back now. <laughs> there you go. Wait, that's great. When I was a young pup. I think I was only like 23. So There you go. Long time. Tassie and WA connecting so in that's, Melbourne. That's why Christmas and all the holiday fiesta is a bit of an issue. So. Well, it's a great topic because there's a lot of people listening that be going, oh, I completely get you, mate. Because like, <laughs> I mean, I'm single, but I can only imagine if you had the missus, you, you're arm wrestling on who, like you know, which family are we Certainly going are. to for dinner, lunch. I yeah. oh, can't be fucked going there today. I want to so stay think we've here. Had, I think we've gone back to Tassie for four. We've hosted five in Melbourne, so I think the obvious next choice would be WA. Would you prefer to host so you just stay? I think so. Yeah. And then you can give everyone the ass when you're done. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's great. Now, I need to – um, mate, I've brought something in. I've got your present. I've got the longest drive, <laughs> the longest drive from the Aces Golf Day. There's a few boys trying to nick the tools at the end of the day, and I caught them leaving, and Dommy Tyson, uh, I think he caught the bloke that was trying to take your whippersnipper home. So well done, mate. You appreciate that. I didn't think – I thought I won it, but I didn't think it was going to come. So it was like nah, in terms yeah. of the prizes, I was real happy with that because um, it's a much-needed one for me. That's why I was a bit late today. I had to turn around <laughs> and get the snipper. I left it – I went and picked it up from Dommy last night, and then I – I, I just I, I put it in the apartment like I just should have left it in the car so yep. had to bring it mate talk to us about the drive in the day uh, yeah. it's a great day I was stuck on the party hole but I'll be playing yeah, next yeah. time but you boys you're just <laughs> stiff you're dominated but you got high hand, you got you know low handicaps I should yeah, say yeah well the controversy around the handicap set up like we ended up working out what happened we kind of I think our handicaps got added together and divided by four and ultimately it's meant to be divided by eight so our handicap looked a bit botched towards the end so we thought we we're home and hosed Everyone thought we sharked the comp. Um, obviously, <laughs> you hosting the day was an incredible event. But um, the party hole for me, I probably it got to me a little bit. I went there with high hopes, high confidence. It's like, hole in one, what could you do with a new car? <laughs> the tunes the DJ got to me, got me going. I ended up smoking at 30 metres over the <laughs> ground. <laughs> so it was like, the adrenaline was up. It was pumping. But um, hell of a day. Yeah, to get this, I think, uh, who measured out? Dommer. He took the chocolates for me. He measured it out and he's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll give it to you. It could have been touch and go, but I was like, I'll happily take it. Um, oh, was there someone right near your ball? Like we were like opposite sides of the fairway and I was like looking oh, at hang it. on. It's a bit so of I got, nah, so I, got, I got the pin register out and was like, got it and I ended up having to buy a meter. Can so we, I, do we know who was there? Just it'd be funny if you can remember the name. Nah, oh. I was going to take a photo just so that I had evidence. Yeah. But um, Dom actually had it on his Insta. He took the photo from side on. Either way, you look at it. I was like, I'll happily take. How it. far do you can you hit it? Because you hit a, you hit a. It was ball. into the breeze, but so probably took a bit off it. So probably three oh five or something. <laughs> <laughs> the big ball. It was. It was. Um. But yeah, no. Nah, there was. Um. Our group was uh pretty impressive on the day, yeah. but um didn't manage to scoop into the top five. And I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, that's what. Um. So what happened was, like you said, the handicap. Someone miscalculated. Yeah. Um, and what's his group were just fit. I come back to the clubhouse because yeah. I had to come back last watching all the groups come yep. through and there's a there's a huge discussion going on what's he's got the finger out he's yeah. pointing the finger you cheats you yeah. cheats and he was filthy and I'm going what's going on big yeah. fella and he goes these blokes I got the wrong handicap because I think they had a they had a 14 and an 18 in their group I think we had uh, five two sixes and a nine and our handicap was two more than theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they watched us come in on the last hole and they ripped us. Oh, so, so Angus, Angus Brayshaw hit a drive up the middle. It was the longest drive of the day by a mile. And what's he's like, clearly that's your third. And look, no, nah, mate, he's driving us typical, cheating. <laughs> we birdied the last, walked off, thought we had it in the bag and um, didn't get top five. So I remember going to the clubhouse and just making sure we just, we sorted it all out in the guy accidentally. I think it was just a mistake with, um, you know, at the start of the day, yeah. putting all the handicaps in. 
We, uh, we left plenty out there. So there was rumours that uh, the, what's his group saw you and thought you wanted to be in their group at one stage. A bit more fun going on. Like, is that true or false? Well, I drove the car there, so I was definitely I wasn't contributing on the uh, the beverage consumption as much as those guys. But um, we had first first point of view, just watching them all day erupt flat out. Anyone would have thought they probably would have shot eighteen under the way they were carrying <laughs> they were on. Going, <laughs> they were going for it, weren't they? But they kept us going. They kept us up and about. It was um hell of a day um, and certainly enjoyed it yeah it's good mate nah thanks for coming and yeah well done again our friends at Milwaukee Tools they've uh, delivered here with the big whippersnipper they'll be getting news this afternoon you're gonna get yeah send us a video of that we'll just be. getting to work hopefully this rain holds off yeah um, so just on golf like you're fucking you're really good at it when did you start playing oh. golf yeah I became like a I think I got my first set of clubs when I was like 14 um, the old man was he loved golf his dad loved golf like my nan Arnie's, they all just played it. But back then, that's going back like 18 years ago, like it was almost like my whole generation coming through, like no one played it. Like mm-hmm. it was almost like, why would you bother playing golf? It's boring, old people play it, and it's just shit for everyone. So I was like, and it takes like four and a half hours to play. And now as it's kind of slowly turning, it's almost like who doesn't play? Yeah. So like the boys at the club get into it, like even younger guys coming through, they all froth on golf. So, yeah, I was kind of like, I probably got the jump on a lot of my mates because they all thought it was shit and I loved it. So, um, and then, yeah, just continued on, moved over here. Um, a couple of guys enjoyed playing as well. So, just kind of kept it going. And I certainly don't play anywhere near as much as I'd like to, mm. but uh, more so than ever. I use it to get away as far away as footy as possible. Yeah, you can put the phone down, can't you? And just play yeah. for four hours. And Well, funnily enough, it was like putting the phone down cost me in the end at your, at your golf day. What happened? So, oh, <laughs> oh, no. so I've put my phone, anytime I play, I chuck the phone straight in the bag and don't go near it. So obviously the event started about 12.30, 1 o'clock. I've checked my phone at quarter past five and it's got <laughs> four missed calls from the wife. I was like, oh, what's going on? She knows exactly where I am and what I'm doing. She's fallen down the stairs. Oh, no. With our young fella. Broken the fall, so protected him, but dislocated her shoulder on the way oh, down. So no. it's popped out. And she's ringing me, trying to like, what do I do? Oh. And I've rang her back four hours later. You're, you're on the party hole. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, first thing I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, pretty sure I've won, won a prize. Like, she's like, not concerned about that. It's like, I've dislocated my shoulder. Like, popped back in, thankfully. But yeah, got home. Um, she toughed it out for the Arvo, but yeah, got the club doc to come oh, and no. check her out the next day and had to get her a sling and oh, she charged on. She's pretty, pretty tough. Um, oh, that's great that she's all right. Jeez, that's um, oh, man, it was a nightmare. Imagine, <laughs> I was just thinking, imagine you've hit the hole in one and you've gone, but one leg. She's coming, I don't care, my shoulder's oh, gone. Seriously, it was like, I was just like, I felt for her and then got back and um, she ended up going to work the next day. I don't know how, but uh, now she's like, Rehab. She's got rehab exercises. Oh, no. Getting a taste of what it's like to be um, an athlete for one. So. Oh, mate. That is gold. It was pretty grim, that other. So what do you do next time you play golf? Do you chuck it in the pocket and put it on vibrate? Well, or? I just like to think something like that was a freak accident. So oh, we're going yeah. straight back in the bag. Yeah, you've got to. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's just so hard to put the phone away these days. Like you just, I, I went to the gym last night and- put the phone away, come back two hours later, just, yep. you know, just couldn't wait to have a little look and see if there's anything, nothing going on, by the well, way. I think that's what, I think COVID kind of cooked it for everyone. It's like my, my screen time went through the roof oh. and then it's like becomes a habit. Like sometimes I even touch the screen on my phone and I haven't even got a notification just to check that there might something. There might yeah, be you're something flicking there. through. It's like you go through all the apps, you're like, oh, get off this. What it's am like, I doing? Fuck, I just checked it four minutes ago and I'll come back here on it again. So it's a bit of a nightmare, but that, that's what it was like with golf, that my score. It just promotes blokes. They check, they chuck their scoring on the phone, 
And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I'm here. Might as well have yeah. a freak out. That's why I, so, cause I've got, cause it gives you your distance. Yeah. I don't have, I don't like, I don't use one of those guns. Yeah, so I right. use the distance and. Drains your battery, but. Yeah. But then it's like, you're on your phone again. So yeah. you're getting calls or notifications. Yep. You feel like you got to attend them or emails. Yeah, so Still use the old paper scorecard. Yeah. That's good. Traditional. <laughs> what is your handicap before we move on from golf? Uh, it's five at the moment. That's low. Um, yeah, it got down to, I think it was about 1.8 at one stage. And I think I just got sieved. I had one good round and they really cut it back. Yeah. Uh, certainly don't play to that consistently. But uh, yeah, try to get out there as often as I can. But off season's kind of a bit, bit more of an off season specialist. Who's your crew? Like, who are you going? Who do you play with most of the time? Well, still side bottoms, like, hits a really good ball. I think he's off about. He's talked himself down. I've asked him a couple of times. But the only thing is, golf trippers, like, you take him out on a course. And it's like just having like a proper at like his local local course doesn't shoot that well. Get him on day three of a golf trip and he shoots the lights out. <laughs> so we went up. We only just came back from Sunny Coast a couple of weeks ago. Went up there. He's playing off twelve, and he shot forty one points on day one. Day two, little bit dusty, has a few beers, and then just comes home like a steam trainer. Thirty nine day two. It's like lights out. You can't get him in here. He's a guy. He's I've, good at everything. In I've here. had 33, 34. I was like, I'll take that. And I'm 12 beyond or something. I was like, I can't compete. Good. That is so good. <laughs> Who's in the crew there? There's a big, like, big trip. Tay Adams came as well. So, um, yeah, you obviously know him as well. And it's like anyone that thinks Tay and golf just wouldn't mix, wouldn't align. <laughs> and at times that's certainly true. But um, he loves it. Like he just, he maintains, like wants to get out there as often as he can. And the ang- he's more angry on a footy field than he is on a golf course. Okay. So I think he plays off about 18. I was going to so. say, if anyone's snapping clubs, it's Tay. <laughs> the big fella gets angry. be someone else's. Yeah. <laughs> or he's snapping someone else's head. Well, so, nah, there's a coup. Nathan Murphy likes to get out in the course. Big Darcy Cameron yep. for a big fella. Hits a really good He'd ball. He'd smoke a ball. Anyone that's he tall, I feel ball. like they just smoke a ball. So he's probably the keenest out of everyone. Big Darcy Cameron. I think Timmy English, um, he smashes a ball. Does he? Yeah. I've seen Hayden Crozier's Instagram stories <laughs> of him in the yeah. range, but he generally smokes one. Yeah. I've always wanted to, and I've, I mean, I've, I've put it out there before, but I've never done it publicly, but I want to do an, like an amateurs comp with the AFL boys, and I, yeah. it's hard to organize. Yeah. I've got it ready to go. I just need, it's just, I'm trying to work out, you know, I understand the calendar. It's hard, but- yeah. You need the clubs to buy in. Imagine they flew 100%. a team of four oh, down. I'm thinking it. four or maybe even two. Yeah. And they and then you have um you have full cameras, channel seven. Yeah. You get some roaming Brian going on. Like I'm talking full on. You It'd be a great event. Man, I reckon it would go off. You get huge buying. Charity like element the, to the boys it. Boys would love it. You'd make it a huge event. Well, that's it. You could have like each team's the club, charity element, prize. Yeah. yeah. And it'd just be good to see who is the best. <laughs> You know what I mean? The bragging rights all yeah. year, like yeah, them boys are the best. And yeah. then you got the spuds and because you certainly, you certainly hear, you get you get drifted blokes who's like, oh, apparently such and such plays off too. I was yeah. like, well, I'd like to fucking see it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, God. that's why I want to. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna work out a day in the calendar. Yeah. You just gotta. You want the best there though. You 100%. don't want the, oh, how yeah, he's injured and now we yeah, need yeah. the best too from yeah. every club. Well, almost like your your late November is probably a great time anyway because everyone who's been on holidays is back. Everyone's kind of. Probably played bulk golf in the off golf season as well. He'd be sharpened up. They'd be ready to go, and then hit your straps from there. Who's top two at the pies? Uh, yeah, so it'd be me, and then it'd be like yes, probably sidey with handicap. But Darcy Cameron plays off only about thirteen or twelve as well. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. What about other sport, mate? I was, obviously, I was American Aces. We're big on the American sport. Are you into yep. NFL and NBA? Yeah, so I follow it a fair bit. The, probably the biggest thing that got me into NFL was doing fantasy one year. Like I'd never. Never really followed it too heavily, but then it was almost like, almost had FOMO. I was like, oh, I still need to get in. Get me in a comp. Get me in something. 
So I started following it a bit there, but um, well, even when I was at primary school, I got like a um, a Raiders backpack. Everyone always asked me, who do I follow? I was like, I have to go to the Raiders because I had like a backpack when I was like seven. <laughs> yeah. And they're shit house. Like, well, they're like, going, they've been good the last two weeks, but they've been horrendous this year. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, that's, who I, that's who I follow. Or like I watch watch games here and there, but like I'm not one that's like, I'm not getting up at like six. And just oh, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. Like Adzi Trelaw lives around the corner and he's like up at 4.30 on the spin bike yeah, with yeah. three TVs going Yeah, Adzi's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm nowhere near that I'm stage. like Adzi. Me and Adzi, we, yeah. we've already spoken about this, but yeah, we're dying. And he's yeah. like, but he's in like six fans. Fantasy leagues. I'm like, mate, I couldn't keep up. I got three's enough. Yeah. Six is just too much. 100%. And it's like, so I, like, I love watching NBA. Um, like, I've been to America a couple of times and we, I dragged the wife to go and watch that with me. But I'm a full fanboy at those. Like, I went to a game and I was like, got there two hours before. Yeah. Carly's like, what are you meant to do? I was like, I'm going to stand at the front row and I'm going to watch them shoot hoops for 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just sitting there on the phone just like, fuck, how good is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like still like follow plenty how of sports. <laughs> and then just wa- I'll actually watch a fair bit of golf on TV. But unfortunately, I didn't go to any of the events in here in Australia. But, oh, um, you didn't get down? Nah, watch a fair bit on TV. Tommy gave me the invite, actually. It was good. We went, yeah. to, we went to day one. Yeah. Yeah. And we watched um, yeah, watched the boys come through, Smitty. and yeah, yeah. Minwoo Lee and uh, Scotty. Certainly a different different feel like when, you, when, when you see them live in comparison Man, to Man, it was TV. actually, it was so cool. Like just being, and the course was in unbelievable nick. Yeah. We were standing at the 16th and we're perched up at the 18th, um, but we went to the 16th to watch the groups come through and just being next to someone putting, like it's the yeah. mo- it was the most, ba- like the guys, he did it just past the green. It's uphill. Yeah. It's a tough part or you wouldn't chip it. Yeah. The fact there's like hundreds of people around, it just made this part like, I don't know. It's like, fuck, I don't know. Like, you get that nervous, I reckon. Like, you know, these guys are yeah. such pros. And it, I don't know. It felt, it, it was a oh, great like, experience. Even just chatting to a, um, there's a guy who I've been in contact and played a couple of all around with um, Blake Collier. And he played in all those Australia events coming through. And yeah, even just chatting to guys like that, like the mental side of the game and how tough it is. Like, it's just, and like I would say, arguably, like golf's probably like the hardest sport to ever ever yeah. be great at. Like by my that, and probably baseball, maybe. Like if you're a batter, um, yeah, just like you're in your own head so often. Oh mate, the Can whole you time the demons coming to your oh. head. Like you're in the, the crowd's watching you, and you're just. I think one bloke muffed it on the 18th. Like he went to chip it, and he just hit the. Ground. And that's where I just go to. Like I'm mentally fragile when it comes to <laughs> golf. Like if I'm in the zone, I was like I'll hit it real well. But then as soon as I like I shank it, and someone gets into me. Oh, it's all over. Oh, that's I love those blokes. I've got a mate Risky out there. I hope he's listening because oh, I'm just going to – I love dropping his name in the mud. But we used to he, we used to, we used to call him the rattlesnake, mate. He just he – just be, and he'd always, he's better than all of us, but we just yeah. get in his head and like we'd be in the car like, mate, you just mentally broke down again. That's your Adam Oxley's if, uh, if Ox is out there too. Oh, so, like, mate, he, he plays off about four, but then he can easily look like he's a 25 handicapper. Oh, so. It's such a mental game. You know when you're yeah. in the trees and you're going, oh, I could fucking smash this one through yeah. and then I can approach or if I just hit it out that's the play and you you go for the trees hits the tree trunk well, I don't have the mental capacity to go around it's like oh it's like it's aggressive or nothing and yeah like, so yeah. and then at the end of the day you have a beer and you're going shouldn't have been aggressive <laughs> <laughs> oh there'd be about 20 shots that I was like I could have easily put in that basket oh, for sure brilliant mate it's brilliant now I want to talk I only want to talk footy a little bit yeah, there's only sweet. one thing I want to talk about because this is genuine fanboy stuff yeah <laughs> The hanger, mate. The way, <laughs> how do you take a hanger? Like, I, I honestly reckon we should start a business. Like, we'll do it together. I'll just <laughs> yeah. sit there and help you out on the side. You just tell everyone step by step Duh. how you take a hanger. You've taken more hangers than I reckon. When I went growing up, you know, what am I now? I'm 29. 
growing up, like, you know, Gary Moorcroft, yep. like you see the one, the big ones, but you taking a consistent hanger, not every year, like yep. four every year. Like what is it? Where have you learned how to, like, let's go back to juniors. Have you always had this marking ability? Yeah, not, not so much. I think it probably started when I was about 16 and like everyone always draws like correlation between like high jump maybe and that, but like, and you would have been exposed to it. Everyone does like jump tests and all these readings and that throughout the club consistently every year. And I'm I'm not sitting at the top. Like mm. I'm I'm clearly like I might be about tenth or something at the joint. But like it's always I don't know. Managers like I think I just put it down to like footwork and timing. It's like every every young kid coming through and even players through in the AFL system, you're always taught to mark the ball at its highest point. And then it's a matter of just getting there at the right time, doing a bit of work beforehand, and then and taking it. So. I don't think – oh, it's clearly like one of my, my strengths as a player and it's something I've been um, – I don't work on it any more than probably the average person does. But, um, yeah, I think mine just stick a little bit more regularly. But they're probably the easiest one, footwork, timing, and then obviously sticking them. Like that's – sticking it's probably the, the easiest part. It's being able to set it up early and be able to get there. And I guess over time I felt like I probably haven't really gone like for unrealistic attempts over the over the time where people feel like if they want to take a good grab, they've got to go early, sit up there for three days. Yeah. Grab it in one arm. It's like, well, fuck, it's like if you time the ball right and some poor prick's underneath you, it just happens naturally. Yeah. When blokes start looking for them, it's like that just it never eventuates the way they think it's going to come out. So, yeah, thankfully enough, I've, I've taken a few over the time. Um, should be a few left in the old legs. And oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm good, I'm, I, I remember um, I'm really good mates with Michael Talia, and I remember <laughs> when he was just starting to play good footy at the at the Dogs. He was like, you know, you know, he's a, he's a, one of the funniest bikes going around, right? And uh, I go, how'd you go? And he goes, well, fucking check the Herald Sun, mate. I'm the poster boy. How he sat on my head. And he's, you know, when the assertive defender's in front, and you yeah. can just see this bike like doing these ones, and you're just sitting on his head. I mean, there's that many blokes you would have put on a poster. It must, you should get a collection. <laughs> they did it. There was a funny thing there was. There was a thing at one stage called the How of Fame. So it was every poor bastard that I'd sat on for oh, like Mark of the Year nominations brilliant. and it had like, there was an asterisk and that was teammates. <laughs> so was like, oh, that is great. So it was probably a dozen of those. Name a couple of teammates. Lyndon that. Dunn was clearly, he got nailed probably three or four he's times. A, he'd be a great specky bag. Well, he's perfect. He's just like a walking fridge and it's just easy to sit on. So it's like, <laughs> and the poor poor big fellas like would always be sitting under the high balls. Um, so yeah, certainly a few. Um, and yeah, I think there's only been one guy who sat on my head and that was um, Mitch Clark. Back in the day, from Brizzy. real early days, yeah, yeah. But he was a teammate when he came to the D's. Oh yeah, that's right. Played Port Adelaide, need me flush in the back of the head, split me all the way open. Oh, that's a thing that needs. So I got a, got a taste of it. Yeah, and sit, I don't sit under any high nah, balls no, anymore. No, it's <laughs> sure. You just play loose and uh, wait for the bunny. hundred percent. So it's um. Yeah, thankfully it works in my favour. I've others. never been a big fan of the assertive defence. So I'll, be, I'll be honest. Like I just, yeah. I mean, I know there's a team defence, Armin, but you know when you're that bunny at the front, and you go, "Geez, I've got to go here." I'm just going to get the knee straight sit, on the head. Sit in front. I was like, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'd rather play second tier. It's yeah. like some other one can sit in front. Yeah, my guy can go up, <laughs> and then I'll sit behind him. <laughs> so. and, and generally, like serious question, but do you play loose a fair bit? And in the game, like you know, we know it's a you, you got team defence, so you'll just leave your man. You know, you 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 man's up the line and then they're, you know, assertive or they're kind of guarding two and then you sit on their head. Like, yep. how do you find yourself sitting on so many blokes' heads? Yeah, I guess it's oh, probably the last <clears throat> 18 months of trying to, I've had to try to evolve a little bit given that I've had to play a bit taller. So I've had to play a pretty closer check to my opponents in the mm. last probably 12, 18 months. But prior to that, it was like when I play almost like a third tall, 
you're always kind of assessing as the ball's up the field, what's going on, where, where's it more than likely going to go. So my my mentality out in the field, I'm positioning for like probably the 95% play, where the ball should go. Yeah. And a lot of guys is like, which is understandably, if they're not as confident or aggressive in their positioning, they, they set up for the 5% play. It's getting kicked through the middle and the guy's going to get it on the open side. That's unrealistic probably a lot of the time. So I'm setting up where the ball should go. And if it doesn't go there, <laughs> I'm probably barking at a midfielder for not standing in the middle of the ground and blocking it. But um, so, yeah, once that kind of happens, as forwards, they're trying to pull you out of position. As a defender, you're trying to almost ask the question, how far is too far? And then sometimes you can get caught out. But coaching's, coaches these days are back your ability to read the play. I think that's where coaching's kind of evolved. It used to be like, no, nah, no, nah, you put your guy away. That's your job as a yeah. defender. Now more than likely, yes, you still got to do your job, but intercepting defenders are pretty pretty handy in teams. And I feel like a lot of a lot of the a lot of teams in the AFL probably have three capable interceptors in the back line now. Mm. So, it's such yeah. a great form of offense as well. Definitely, because it's, it's the easiest way to bounce. Look, a lot of team Ds are pretty set these days. And if you can intercept the ball with a mark, especially. As soon as you get a kick out, it's like it opens the whole field. Well, up. everyone's uns- you know, as we used to say, like go quick off turnover, go inside because yep. everyone's just all over the joint. Yeah, it's just been scattered in there. And I think that's where like our game probably evolved with fly as well. We were a bit, of, we were a bit more patient with the ball, but that probably allowed teams to be able to flood back and fill the defence. Whereas now we're a bit more chaotic, get the ball forward, and you you're kind of getting through less players because you're oh. moving the ball quicker. We had Crispy on not long ago, mate. But just as a, I mean, as a, I was an Essendon fan growing up and obviously played the games. So coming out, you got these weird emotions. You go for the teams you played with and, you know, you, you, you're kind of watching all your mates. But what the Pies did, it was just, just, just so entertaining. Like yeah. the, the way he's played, you know, like hard, physical, <clears throat> exciting, quick. Yeah. You know, you got some blokes up forward that get everyone going in the, in the yeah. crowd. Like it was just, it must have been so cool to, even for you, you'd be probably setting that up and going and going, fuck, how good was that? Even like just on that last bit, there was like when I was thinking like the game against Geelong, the first final that we ended up obviously losing by a goal. I will run it like I was running back. I even if like we kick a goal, I'm looking at Darcy Moore, going, fuck me, how good was that? It was like, it was like, unbelievable plays or like unbelievable moments consistently throughout the whole game. Yeah. Like Jezza Cameron gets a kick from 40 metres on the boundary line, slots it, turns at the crowd and it's like run back dust. It's like, fuck, you just got to take it. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You just and you're almost like you kept in this like upbeat moment because you're just like, it's quality footy. And if you're going to get done, you're going to get done in moments like that, you yeah. take it. And it's like, unfortunately we didn't get done. Uh, we didn't get the result, but it was still a hell of a game. And oh, we felt, amazing. we felt like we came out as a better team post that game anyway. So mm. going into free, I were confident, but Season as a whole, like, I even spoke to Fly not that long ago. I was like, as coming in as a first-year coach, I was like, I don't know, like, your expectations, you kind of want to establish, like, your fundamentals, get your game plan intact and see what happens. And in terms of, like, expectations, you don't really want to set them because you just kind of want to get a feel and see where we go. But we just got on this emotional, high-energy train that just it just didn't stop. Like, he fed it from the start, I think. You know, it was clearly the way that we played was a hell of a lot different. The guys up forward, we moved the ball so quick and chaotic. We didn't really have like a like couple of big key forwards that like consistently down there. So I brought everyone into play. Yeah. Like everyone looked dangerous. Like we all like, like Guinea, Bo McQuarrie, Jamie Elliott, they all just started looking dangerous because the ball was going all over the shop. So therefore, if I was defending that, I would find that really difficult. Yeah, because it's quick. Yeah, and I think that's why we kind of like when we – when you play against Geelong in the past and you move the ball a little bit slower, their defence is better than anyone's. When you move it with a bit of heat on it and speed against, say, like Geelong or a Ds, 
they probably find a little bit more uncomfortable than teams that move at patient. So that, and then we just kind of fed off the energy. It was like, we were like, the pressure went through the roof. Like we actually had genuine speed around a lot of the ground where we probably lacked a little bit in the past and they just put so much heat on. And then that, that was called what fueled the game. It's like, we're putting heat on, guys start feeling good. Then we started feeding off it. The crowd jumped on. And once they both hit each other at the same time, it was just like, good luck. It's like, we're just going to ride this wave and see how we go. And, um, yeah, the, you, the season couldn't be any more unique. We're up, we're up, and then we hang on these tight games. We're down by four goals with five minutes to go, and somehow we find a way to win. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but it was just like, and the teams, it became an oppo team psyche. It's like, fuck, you guys are never out of it. You're never out of it. Like, it was one of those, I saw Paps was on here, and the first time we played them, they were like 22 points up. And then we kicked like two in a row in the last quarter. And he goes, fuck. He goes, you couldn't, could you? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, but we're always a chance. But then in that final, that was probably the final in the Carlton game probably earlier in the year. They're probably the two. I was like, I feel like the game's getting away from us a little bit. But then like when in that, the final against Sydney, the prelim, I was like, fuck, we're only, oh, man, we're like you- nine points down. And then I was like, oh. Sidey kicks his floater over. And then all of a sudden it's two points. I was like, fuck, we're going to. We're going to get it done. Oh, well, you pretty much like the ball was on the goal line, wasn't it? Like you just, you know what I mean? Like I think someone had a fresh air. Like it was, Yeah. but that's the thing. That was, that was out of, you know, you should never, kids out there and never, you're never done, never, ever give up. But as an experienced kind of AFL viewer, you know, I've watched a lot of games now. I'm like, there's just, yeah, you're playing Sydney. They're a small ground. Yeah. Yeah. The reed's a bit banged up. They're going to flood or whatever, but they're going to make a contest. There's no way they're going to come back. Yeah. All of a sudden, bang, (laughs) bang. You're like, hang on a second. Like there's there's actually, this is a possibility. And then you're like, oh my God, the ball's inside 50, there's 20 seconds to go. Like, oh, it's just unbelievable. Actually, like Callum Mills makes play of the year. Like he comes flying through, like he's about fourth or fifth man in, spoils checkers, spoils it forward on a forward 45. So he comes back towards their goal. If that had any slight angle towards back towards our goal, Darcy Moore's 30 metres out directly in front of the goal with not one person on him. Oh. So if the ball gets spilled over the back, we win. Callum Mills comes through, makes a clutch play, spoils it to the front, lights out, game's over. And I was just like, fuck, what could have been? I know. And then, and then I could, you- I obviously didn't watch the grand final. Um, yeah. Um, but like I watched the first quarter with Pendles and then kind of, yeah, I was still a little bit fresh in the mind. Mm. Um, cause I didn't watch 2019 either when we bowed out in the prelim to the Giants. So mm. yeah, it's just cause you feel like once it's done, you almost need a week to kind of decompress. It's hard, isn't it? When you're playing, like yeah. now that, you know, when we lost the prelim to Hawthorne, like, oh, oh, you know, just, it was just, you wanted to get that far away from it. Yeah. It means so much. It hurts so much. You put so much effort in. You come up short and then you compare your scores kind of and your your the way you guys could have played. 100%. And you see the results the next week and you go, fuck, we could have won that whole thing. You know? Definitely. I think, yeah, I was like, you want to kind of, prelim is probably the worst week to lose because then there's the whole build up of the granny. So that's, it's couldn't be any more in your face, more loud. Every TV, TV show has got fucking grand final previews, you got everything going it. on. It's in, in the papers. And then when we lost the grand final, yeah, it stung like so much. 24 hours later, it's fucking, it was like, you get the photos and that out, but then everyone's like, oh, fuck, it's, uh, it's on. Let's move over. It's mm. like, we're moving on. So, yeah, you get a couple couple that sting, but prelims are the ones that are probably ringing the mind the most. Was this year one of the most exciting years you've had in your it, career? By mile. I think just the run that we went on, like the 11 wins in a row. Like, I think I've done, I think I've won seven, seven wins in a row a couple of times under Bucks, and they were incredible as well. But I think just the way, the way that we kind of played – uh, the brand, 
I don't know, the following. Like, I felt like everyone was kind of supporting us. Yeah, we were, man. I was even like, I even had a conversation with Steel. Like, I've never, and he said the exact same, I've never had so many people come up to me, whether it's the supermarket or it's like the butcher, fucking anywhere, like walking the dog. And all they want to do is just say thanks. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to harass you. I don't want to annoy you. I just want to say thanks for the, thanks for the year. And that's never happened to me before in my whole life, my whole career. And they go, you kept us entertained the whole year, had an absolute like field day watching you. And that's not even Collingwood supporters as well. Like some yeah. other people just going, thanks for fucking making our weekend so enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. When you're kind of getting that kind of traction, it's like, yeah, it's we had a year like no other. And I suppose good luck trying to emulate that kind of yeah, same thing. Yeah, I know. Thing, I, was but, um, I was thinking about expectations for this year. They'd be the, through the roof from the everyone guy, else. The guy at the helm in fly, like I think he does amazing things around the joint and he'll be able to keep the energy and the motivation up. And um, the way that the boys have come back and started training, um, there's no reason we can't go again. Yeah, spot on. No, I can't, I can't wait to see what <laughs> we do this year. And, you you know, you're going to take the next step. Yeah. Well said, mate. Well said. Now, we've got a couple more things here as we um, keep going through. But, <laughs> I've had to touch base with a couple of boys to get some mayo. <laughs> <and they're> one. <laughs> I won't tell him who it is. Yeah, yeah. later. But Adam Levine, look alike. You get that a bit. <laughs> and you love it, apparently. They <laughs> <laughs> reckon you and Adam Levine. Yeah, about- look, I'm not going to put my hand up and say I love it. <laughs> There could be worse blokes to look like, I guess. Oh, you'd but love um, it, you? yeah, look, I've I've got it a few times, and anytime someone says it, the boys just razz me up. They go, "Oh, don't he loves it? He loves it." <laughs> I was like, um, so yeah, no, it's um, it's certainly come back. Maybe it's the tats. It's a bit of a giveaway, but um. Yeah, look, he was the sexiest man alive yeah. about six years ago, so I'll certainly take yeah, it. Yeah, you take that every day of the week, mate. And I can just imagine if you're at a cafe or something with with the boys and they go, geez, you look a bit like Adam Levine. And they, and they go, go, oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Full razzing him oh, up. So. And you'd look straight in the eyes and say, I told you, boys. <laughs> um, one thing that I didn't know, but like you and Maddie Wade are first cousins. Yeah, so our mums are sisters. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, really close relationship with him. Uh, funnily enough, I actually live in his old house. So um, he moved back to Tassie oh, probably about five years ago now. But yeah, so like he was he was huge for me when I first moved over because he was obviously living here originally. Uh, and like, not that we really ever really bounce ideas off about sport. Like, I think it was just having someone from your family over here to kind of as a support network early days. And then, yeah, our, he was really good mates with my brother. They still are. And then um, I was kind of like the outsider because I was the young pup in the family got bullied flat out by those two bricks. <laughs> Toughen you up. But um, no, nah, our relationship's kind of blossomed, especially since I moved over and um, he's been a huge support for myself and um, yeah, like he's been huge. So he's gone back to Tassie, but we still touch base weekly, which is really handy. What was some of the greatest advice he gave you throughout the, I guess when you were growing up and you're a bit younger? Oh, like I've never met someone who's more competitive than him. Like, and I even chat to my wife about it. She grew up playing like competitive basketball flat out and she goes, I thought I was competitive then I met your family. And it's like... <laughs> Anything that becomes a competition, but he's like next level. It's like you watch him play like in his T20s, he loves to like lip off, chirp, flat out. But it's what he's worked out what feeds him, what gets him going. And then like probably arguably like his last three years have probably been his most consistent, especially in short form. And it's probably, you know, he's got two beautiful young girls, um, kind of probably gave him a really nice balance off away from the field. Probably wasn't so hung up on performance like he almost like relaxed him a little bit and I reckon the results kind of spoke for himself he's had an amazing probably 12 months like IPL victory T20 World Cup I've unfortunately got bowed out in this year's um, World Cup but 
yeah, it's good to see him do good things because he's um he certainly earned it. And thank thank fuck he plays sport because he was horrific at school. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, he's not the only one. I was about to say there'd be plenty of him out there. How'd you go at school? <laughs> I was actually I was uh well <laughs> this is I thought I was okay. I was terrible at like science. I all my exams, which I didn't pick up. I finished in year ten, by the oh, way. You didn't pick your exams up? No, nah, didn't pick them up. And I was like, I was good at maths, and I was good at obviously sport, like a lot of us probably were. Um, wrote in my science exam, just wrote my name, handed it in. They was like, "Don't do it to yourself." I was like, "I don't know any questions." So I was like, yeah, "Just yeah, take smart. it." Yeah, smart. So I walked out. But then my English teacher, who was like my um, class teacher all the way through, my home group teacher, she goes, "I'm going to write your speech for school uh, school president." I was like, I don't want it. It's like, it's certainly, that's not me. I don't want it. She goes, you need to leave this school with something half decent on your resume. <laughs> and I feel like school president would be really good for you. I was like, oh, whatever. So she wrote it out. Sure enough, I, I did the spiel in a school assembly, told all the boys, like, don't you fucking dare. Don't vote for me. Comes up, end of the, end of the day next day. Jeremy Howe and Prue Webster are our school captains. I was like, fuck. <laughs> it just meant like post-school meetings, talking about, oh, I feel like we needed like an extra hand dryer in the toilet. So I was like, oh, I couldn't be any more disinterested. Oh, that like, sounds like being a captain in the AFL <laughs> and, 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 and a losing team. <laughs> so anyway, so I ended up getting that on my resume and I think they got me a gig at RGA. <laughs> so, oh, you so take that, you take stack, that. Stacking shelves and then I soon moved in straight into an apprenticeship being a Sparky, so. That's fucking gold. Oh. School captains. Oh. Big shout out to the school captains, but yeah, oh, yeah not, not for me. As soon as you told your mates don't vote for me, they're voting It's a red you. flag. It's like, yeah. And they spread it like wildfires. Yeah. Like every, I think it was a unanimous vote, to be honest. So, so, so Wadey, just not the sharpest tool in the shed? Not nah, the sharpest walking like, tool? Nah, when he went to school, he was horrific and then most of the time he just didn't turn up, so. Yeah. Luckily, he's good at sport. Oh, he's very good at sport. How, so how does – let us let me get two questions here. Yep. How do you go at cricket and how does he go at footy? I'm not that good at cricket and if you ask him, he's still the best footy player in the family. Oh, yeah. That's so what he, he reckons. He's a, he's, a, he's a better kick than me. I'll give him that. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, because he played uh, under-18s, played VFL for Tassie. Um, and he – well, arguably, he would have got drafted, but they told him um, through cricket avenues, they're like, you're either going to go to the path for cricket or you're going to have to go, or you're going to choose footy. So I was like, well, thankfully you picked cricket because probably got paid eight times the amount. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't they ever. Um, and, yeah, but, like, he still still loves footy, still watches it flat out. Um, and, like, any time you see, like, the Aussies warming up and having a fuck about, he's always got the footy out. Yeah, because they always have balls. the footy out, don't yeah, they? so he's always kicking the ball. So the passion for footy is still there. But he wouldn't run out of sight in a dark night. He's that he blows the house oh. down like he's so unfit. <laughs> That's great. He's, big weight. He's gonna be listening. He's gonna be yeah. hating this. He's the quickest between wickets. I think him and Dave Warner are the quickest between wickets. Um, so, but like if he makes a big score, there'd be a lot of boundaries in it. Do you ever talk to him about just keeping, like, just how you know, yeah. how taxing it is on the body and how much chirp that he gives and and, and it can hear? Like, does he give you some you know, PG stories for this one? Well, but- he certainly lips up because he can understand how to get in people's heads, and he's in the prime spot. Oh. And he's like, the only thing is, like, stunt Mike was a really good thing until they put him on the stumps and he just doesn't shut up. I was like, we'll, we have, we'll be texting back like family. I'll be texting Annie Karen. I was like, do you hear that? She's like, oh, I can't watch it anymore. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like dropping F-bombs and ripping people flat out. But um, I guess on the, the keeping element is, especially with like more so with like spinners and stuff like that, like he's kept like like A-grade spinners in like, say like Warnie for instance, mm. like at times. He goes, just a moment, like in the field, you can have lapses of concentration because you're not involved in every play. He goes, but as a keeper, 
you got to be expected to catch a ball every single time. Like you're planning for the almost a guy to miss a ball every game, even every time. And then if you drop a catch, it's like fuck. It's like you're on the front page, baby. It's like fuck. The keeper dropped a catch. Yeah. How how can he drop a catch? He's got gloves on. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. And, and, and mate, yeah. people don't realise how quick spinners bowl. Like, yeah. So it's like yeah. So it's like the concentration factor is the biggest thing. He doesn't. He doesn't find squatting an issue because his legs are about that long. So, <laughs> yeah. like, so that part comes sweet. But um, yeah, it's more like the mental taxing of the game. I was going to say, he'd you, be mentally tired after a game just from that concentration. Like, you know, when you're playing yeah. AFL and it's one, you know, 120 minutes of just nonstop tactics and all yeah. this and that. He's got fucking hours on hours you're playing tests. Especially if you're not – like if you can't get a team out, you can't roll them out for a day and a half and you're sitting behind the stumps for that long – and thankfully, he's not an opener in the test team because if you did that and then rolled straight into batting, like, like you'd be fried. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that. And you'd be fried. But I suppose you've got to be a bit more mentally strong, but I'm a mental midget, so I'd be, yeah. uh, I'd be no good at that. <laughs> yeah. Mental midget. <laughs> fuck, we love them. Hey, Risky, if you're still listening, you are. <laughs> I'm the golf god, son. I love those mental midgets. How good are they? Because oh, you know when you just, yeah. they got you covered, but you just go, you're not going to use that club, are you? Yeah. Oh, mate, sure. And they like, put the club away and you go, oh, I got him. <laughs> oh, it's gold. Fuck, that is great. Now, a um, few more points, but- you're uh, building some investment properties in Tassie as well. Is, is, is the mail? So what's yeah. like a bit of a you know you're into that property game? Yeah, well, I think um, like even funnily enough, Wadey's doing a little bit as well. We're kind of going to go into it together, and then he um, one of his best mates is a builder down there, so he ventured in and started one up with his own. But yeah, I was like the property market down in Tassie's been like booming for probably the last oh, probably everything's like post COVID, but certainly I feel like oh, I just felt like there was a bit of money to be made down there, so. Uh, building a couple of houses down there that will be freshly on the market in 2023. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a process. Like, um, there's a lot of things that go into it that uh, that you probably don't think about, especially because I've never had built my own house before. Well, we got Dion Presti was on last week. He said heritage listed heritage videos don't do heritage. It took yeah. him two years for permits or whatever. Well, unless you're Darren Jolly and you just knock it down anyway, because that's what he did apparently. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like it's been good. But thankfully, I've had a mate down there who's a builder and he's been, he just took all the load. Like he deals with all like the council, takes all the phone calls. You got to love that. He, place, he don't picked, you? picked all my tiles, picked all my like <laughs> fittings, which was great. I kind of gave him a scheme <laughs> and then he just filled in the rest, which was great. Hammer Time Homes, by the way. Yeah, a big shout, shout out to Hammer Time. <laughs> Hammer Time um, Homes, what a name. I know. So it's, uh, and like the thing about Tazzy, like all my mates are working there. They're all tradies and yeah. they're all just like in and out, getting it all sorted. So, um, Seems like it's mine though. They probably jacked ten percent on the yeah, top of the price. Yeah, we'll just, <laughs> just get, it's got get, funny. get their Christmas bonuses <laughs> in, and uh, away we go. But yeah, it's something that I've always been interested in real estate. Like not really flat out, but so I jumped into this one, um, and I'm pretty keen to knock another one out. I reckon. Yeah. Like, before I finish footy, definitely the way to go. Well, I think it's just like even just to take a little bit of self mortgage off my own joint. It's like just to get a bit of cash, and oh, it also just keeps your mind on something else as well, which has kind of been interesting mm. for myself. What else are you doing outside of footy? I think we're going to talk about you wanted to get into coaching as well. Yep. Is that, have you been doing a fair bit of coaching whilst playing? Yeah. So obviously did like the level two, then the next gen coaching course. And then myself and Pendles did level three um, throughout the year. So yeah, I feel like kind of, as you get a bit more experience throughout the year, uh, throughout the game and you spend more years in the system, you almost naturally evolve into like a coach anyway you're almost like a playing coach for the young guys coming through when I got injured in 2020 um you know it was my first long-term injury I've spent a lot of time on the sidelines got my surgery sorted but then I was like I wasn't really any chance of coming back for a long time so I sat in with 
Um, like Matty Boyd, like Justin Longmuir before he went, he was huge for me, allowed me to take a lot of meetings even when I was playing. So I don't know, I just got a taste for it. And then, when, yeah, when I wasn't playing, I was kind of like full-time coaching with the boys, which they allowed me to do, which I really enjoyed in the hub, kept me invested for like that whole year. And yeah, I guess it's just like a passion of mine. It's like the environment. I understand it's like when your coach is a little bit different, but like being around a lot of people at the same time, especially like fucking about doing something that I really enjoy. Yeah. Obviously just felt like it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Like I, I, can't, I wouldn't be able to sit – I literally wouldn't be able to sit in like a desk. Like I, I couldn't do it. I was like my mind would be ticking over flat out. I was like if I'm thinking too much, I'm my worst enemy. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like that's where I'm at at the moment. I feel like that's that's probably like the obvious choice for me. Um, depends how much longer I can play for. We'll probably decide ultimately what I want to do but – I think that's what I'll probably steer towards. Well, mate, you got another. You got the way you're jumping around, you got you got another five in you. Especially the way the boys are playing. As yeah. long as they, I mean, they're moving the ball quick past you, so you just got to get them in their well, hands. That's the and thing. You can... I get the ball and get it out. Yeah. It's like as long as it doesn't come back with the same pace, I'm sweet with exactly that. Right. Exactly Chasing, right. Chasing uh, one of your ex team. Oh, I don't know if he was there, but Bobby Hill. I was chasing him around oh, yesterday. Bobby, people don't understand, and you can touch on this, right? You've seen yeah. him for a week. I mean, you're yep. about to. I don't mean to cut you off, but. I played on Bobby when I was at the Giants <laughs> off a calf tendon, and I'm going fucking slow down, would you? I'm going, mate. I've got to get goal side, yeah. you know. And uh, and I remember saying to him, I said, mate, like uh, as a like a you know as a young kid, I go just get goal side of anyone, yeah. and and tell them to kick it to space. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, mate, just just get so it's like NFL, just get around them yeah. and just dart. I go, mate, no one can keep up with you. He is that exciting. Oh. Collingwood don't understand what they've got just yet. They yeah. will soon. Yeah, yeah. If you boys move the ball quick and he's around, yeah. he's not only is he silky as well, he's got yeah. his agility's unbelievable. Well, he's craft around like even like we're doing some small sided stoppage stuff like that. He's craft around getting in and out of the hole. Like his agility, what you touched on is second to none. Like he and he's easily well I'd, I'd love to get him and Bo McQuarrie in a race because Bowie's our quickest, but like he's so agile, gets out of space. And like I've been chasing his ass Back to go. I was just like, yeah, fuck it, mate. I was just concede. I was just like, you can have it. Yeah, I don't, have even, it I don't even care. I, was like, <laughs> I don't even care. I was like, so, um, but yeah, like he'll be, he'll be great. Um, like for us, like I think the way that we play, we should certainly suit him. Oh, I can't wait to see what he does. Oh, yeah, huge loss from the Giants, but yeah, the yeah, way you boys playing on the G and in, and the crowd will feed Bobby. Like he, absolutely, he's very quiet, Bobby, but he loves it. Like, <laughs> he loves the crowd. Like as soon as he kicks a goal, you'll see him. Oh. There, so he loves them ones, mate. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the jumper pool early days for a new team was like I'm not too sure on this. Yeah, but <laughs> you definitely don't love him that much. <laughs> He's doing that. He's going to the Giants. He left the next week. <laughs> I'm only joking, Bobby. <laughs> no, he's gonna have a big year, Bobby. He's gonna yeah, have a big nah, year. I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, mate, nah, there's plenty there. We've obviously, as I said to you, we got, we got, we, you coming back on. We all love getting people back on, but you don't come empty-handed. Um, we start with one of our Rick's in retirement. Got to get you some fresh shunnies, mate. Uh, it's, it's Christmas time. Merry Rick'smas. We like to say <laughs> Merry Rick'smas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Chuck them fresh. on, mate. We have a segment here, Rick's in retirement. Uh, obviously, you're a Tassie boy, but once you do retire, maybe – Yeah, oh, mate, sharp. I'm mate, Adam Levine in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I might get the old Adam, Adam Levine spotted on the website. <laughs> um, they're the Tribeca Black as well for anyone out there. The Gloss Black Tribeca Green Polarised um, Sunnies. And all, obviously, we always have the special discount code or special offer, I should say, uh, if you do use the discount code ACES, I've just said offer and then discount code twice. <laughs> ACES at checkout, you get 20% off and free express shipping. So Merry Rixmas. Uh, now, mate, Rixon Retirement, once you do finish up, 
probably from coaching now that you just yep. said that's your post, um, you know, career move and you got the family and you're done. Where would Jeremy Howe take his Rick's eyewear and retire? I'll be taking these unbelievable shades. I feel like as like growing up, growing up in Tassie, I grew up on a bit of property. Um, also like love being near the water as well. So I feel like somewhere that's sunny, potentially like Queensland, but I, I feel like I want a bit of land, but also access to a beach. So something like that would be amazing. Uh, financially, I'm not sure if I could acquire something like that, but, uh, that'd be, that'd be perfect for me somewhere relatively quiet on a bit of space, Yeah, but also access to the beach, which is not too far. It's, that's, it's, uh, that's my setup. It's a common theme. You need the beach, don't you? You do. I do. It was like, even like, that's why living like Bayside area in Victoria, it was like, I, moved, I used to live in Elwood. Then once Scotty Pendlebury moved there, I was like, I knew I need to get out because too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moved down a little bit further, but yeah, even like the beaches are okay here, but just knowing that you're near the water is enough for me. Yeah. Yep. Spot on, mate. Spot on. Well said. Now, our friends at Milwaukee Tools, I mean, look at that whippersnipper. Like you said, you're going to get on it later on and uh, and give it a fair nudge. But, mate, I haven't got the full pack here, but you've got plenty coming your way. We've, um, we've got the Lifestyle Power Pack coming your way. It's Oof. the uh, – yeah, it's it's perfect for the outdoors over Chrissy and New Year's break. You'll get the pruning saw kit and a contractor bag. You'll get the LED lantern and floodlight, the compact blower, you get the batteries and chargers, and I think that's what we've got to get you them um, for them as well. But again, nothing but heavy duty from our friends there at Milwaukee Tools. I always got two segments here. I float, you know. I go, I'll do. T- who's the biggest tool that you play with? And I go, that's a bit aggressive, but There's I reckon I reckon we might be able to name a few. Yeah. And then the handiest moment of your life and career. So it's depending on if it's at home or if it's at the footy club. Yeah. So you know, if we start with, you can pick either or you can pick both, but. Yeah. On behalf of Milwaukee Tools, <laughs> what's the handiest thing maybe you've done in your life so far? Oh, what are the handiest thing? Honestly, like, well, I used to be, I don't know, actually. I used to be a tradie. So, like, I actually used to be an electrician. So, it was like, comfortably wire up brand new homes flat out. So, I was like. Yeah, that's handy. Very rarely. I don't think there's too many people that would be doing that. I think Bailey Fritz has got his own electrical company. He does, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but when boys got wind of it, it was like, hey, any chance? Come over. I was like, I got this. Can you wire this in? I was like, I want to add a PowerPoint. I need this doing. I was like, yeah, that's fine, mate. You can give me some fucking cash. For it. <laughs> so it was like, but um, yeah, that's probably the handiest thing for me. I was like, even like a lot of my close mates are the complete opposite. Like they wouldn't be able to. Wouldn't be able to hang a picture frame in the house. Like, oh, mate, so you're looking at one right here. <laughs> oh mate, I am just. So I think I'm half capable when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um. But yeah, any form of like office work slash computer, anything like yeah. that, could don't get me near. So it. IT no, but in, nah. yeah, but you're tradie, yeah, tradie is like Milwaukee. I, so when I was an apprentice, I had Milwaukee kit, yeah. Mil, Milwaukee drill, full setup. But that was when they used to be like the drill used to be almost like you'd literally feel like you've done a full shoulder workout. They were that big, <laughs> and now you look at them now, the nice compact light, and they're, oh, mate, they're laughing. Light, batteries, everything. So driven to outperform. That's great. There yeah. you go. So you're sparky growing up. That's awesome. Yeah. So like I touched on before, I finished school in year 10 when I was 16 and I went straight into an apprenticeship like 10 days later. So straight into it in November um, and then did four years. I got drafted at 20, so I was, I was later. Uh, and then I literally was two weeks short of finishing it. So I didn't end up ever, I didn't ever finish it. Oh, that's such a stitch up. I know, because what happens is like, long story short, so with a Sparky, you do one day a week of trade school from like in your first three years and then your last year you just work. There's no no going to TAFE. 
But in your last two weeks of your last year, you go back and do a two-week, one-week tutorial and then a one-week of exams. So it's almost like you get signed off. So it's a two-week block. It's called your capstone test. I couldn't get two weeks off after I got drafted. So I got drafted and then they ran the test at the end of the year. I was like, thanks for drafting me, but can I hang around for two weeks and do it? And they're like, no. So I was like, well, all right. So so I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to try, see what I can work out, rejig it throughout the year. And at that stage, I only run it once a year. So I was like, it just didn't work out for me. So I was like, oh, I need to convert it to Victorian, see if I can do it here. Rang them all up and I was like, nah, our standards are a little bit different. You're going to have to go to night school. You're going to sit extra modules. And I was just going, I was like, fuck this. It's all too hard. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, too hard basket. And that was literally, you know, what, 13 years ago now. So, so technically you're not qualified. I'm not qualified. <laughs> but if anyone out there wants a job. <laughs> <laughs> Any ceiling fans that have brought yeah. up, I've got right here. But it was great for me. Like, I think that even gave me a greater appreciation for footy though. Like I was crawling around in roofs in fucking 40 degree heat oh, for four years. And then I got drafted and then probably gives you a good appreciation for what you got. Oh, big time. Big yeah. time. And on the next potty was about how you did get drafted so late because the recruiters must be sleeping. They might need some new prescription, Rixies. I either reckon. That, either that or they knew I was just at the local pub on a Thursday. <laughs> it's just a team selection night. Either or. <laughs> a few too many beers. Yeah. Oh, that's great, mate. Thanks so much for your time. As I said, um, you come back whenever you want. But uh, yeah, appreciate it. All the best for the year and the preseason. Uh, Merry Christmas as well. <laughs> Obviously, uh, hopefully the Dale's listening and looks after you. But um, <laughs> yeah, have a have a great Chrissy, mate, and really appreciate you jumping on. Thanks for having me on, mate. Keep doing good things. Easy, bro. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of Tommy Talks, where you literally can't thank you enough for all your support. Speaking of support, our great mates, Milwaukee Tools. Without yours, we wouldn't be here. Milwaukee Outdoor Power Equipment gives you the power to clear, cut, and maintain the outdoors without the petrol headaches. No pull starts, no engine maintenance, no mixing petrol and oil. Book a test drive now at milwaukeetools.com.au. Milwaukee, nothing but heavy duty. All right, catch you on the next one.